Uh, it may surprise some of you to know that as much as I am a Minnesota girl through and through, as much as I love a pontoon, you put me on a pontoon, I'm happy. I do not fish. I do not fish. Not at all. To be clear, I know how to fish. I was taught well. I learned like most Minnesota kids learned, but I do not do it anymore. I will come along on the boat. I will bring a book. I will take pictures. I will put worms on hooks for kiddos, but I do not fish. Now, when I was little, uh, I used to take handfuls of minnows out of the live well and set them free, which uh, made my parents not particularly happy with me. And I also learned it is against the law in Minnesota. So good times for tiny Natalia. Um, whoops, <laughs> turns out that's wrong. Anyway, it has always been hard for me to relate to the abundance of fishing stories and metaphors in the Bible as someone who just does not enjoy fishing. So this time I looked at this text and I decided to come at it a new way, with physics. I know, I know that's not where you thought I was going to go with this, but bear with me. Uh, how many of you have ever heard the phrase, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? How many of you have ever heard that? Yeah, most of you, right? We've heard that. Uh, it is usually attributed to Albert Einstein, though most scholars agree he did not say it. And here's why. Because in physics, in the field of quantum mechanics in particular, you do do the same thing many times and you do get different results. Einstein for sure knew this and that's why they say he probably didn't say it. This is actually the premise of uh, any great high energy particle collider like the Hadron Collider, which if you Google the second question after what is the Hadron Collider is, can the Hadron Collider destroy Earth? Which I just think is the best. <laughs> Good job, Google. Uh, in these colliders, physicists bash together the same particles in exactly the same way, trillions upon trillions of times, and they get different results. So I kind of thought about this and said, well, when we try and try and try again, right? Anybody with working with children or raising children knows you say this, you just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. Aren't we, in fact, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results? Are we all insane for doing so? I wondered about this a lot as I read today's gospel because Peter, after a night of casting nets over the side of the boat over and over and over again with no luck, Peter and his fellow fishermen are back on shore. They are cleaning their nets. I picture them dejected and tired and maybe a little worried because this is their livelihood after all. See, fishing in this story is not a hobby or a pastime. It is a way of life, a career, their mode of survival. So a night without catching anything is a big deal. It's not great. Jesus shows up, gets into Peter's boat, has Peter put it just a little away from shore so he can teach without being overwhelmed by the crowd. And, you know, since cleaning the nets can be done anywhere, Peter obliges. He's like, sure, Jesus, use my boat. It's fine. And then once Jesus is done teaching, he says to Peter, let's just go to the deeper water just one more time. We'll try it again. And Peter responds, Jesus, we worked all night long and we didn't catch anything. I feel like this is the less sarcastic way of saying what Peter really wanted to say, which is something like, are you kidding? You don't think we tried that already? Putting our nets in the water. Wow, wish I would have thought of that last night, right? 
At the very least, Peter is probably annoyed that he has spent all of this time, the whole sermon that Jesus has just preached, cleaning his nets, dismantling his fishing setup, and packing things away. So my stepfather does this, takes about 30, 45 minutes. I'm picturing this, same thing. And then Jesus says, you know what, let's, let's just do it all again, just one more time, just once more. Okay, Jesus, I imagine Peter saying. It feels naive, maybe even a little insane, for Jesus to tell Peter to just try it once more. What will make this time any different? But Peter, in what I imagine to be a bone-weary, tired voice, says, I mean, if you say so. If you say so. So they do it. They sail out a little ways. They put those nets into the water one more time, and boom, fish galore. So many fish that Luke's gospel says they are overwhelmed and their boat begins to sink. That's a, that's a lot of fish, y'all. And then Jesus invites Peter to come and instead fish for people. Now, I know I said I'm not a fisher person, but also I've truly never loved this language. I'm going to just put it right out there and say, fishing for people sparks kind of an ick reaction in me. It's simply not my favorite metaphor, not just because of the lack of my love of fishing, but uh, because the words fishing for people sound kind of like a trap. I don't want to catch anyone. I don't want to be part of catching anything. I don't want to snag anybody in a net or grab them with a hook. It all feels disingenuous somehow to me. And I might be an elder millennial, but I'm just millennial enough to have a healthy dose of skepticism of anything that hints of inauthenticity. I'm not fishing for anybody. I'm not catching anybody here. So I have to put that out there because this is a thing I need to get past. Maybe some of you also need to get past that language of catching people as being kind of oof, ick. Because I don't think this is what Jesus is actually getting at. He isn't speaking some newfangled evangelical strategy into the world. He is just speaking Peter's language. Peter is a fisherman. This is what he knows how to do. I believe if Peter were working another job, I think Jesus would have gone and found him there and used a different metaphor. I think fishing was just what Peter was doing. For Jesus, it was never about the fish. He was helping Peter understand what he was asking for, what he wanted Peter to do. It was about what happens when God shows up. Remember, we're still in the season of Epiphany, a time where we're looking for the ways in which God is being revealed. And it turns out this story is kind of a great one for that. Looking past the fishing and the fish, I see so much more in this story. I see failure, a night of no catch. I see exhaustion. I see a lack of enthusiasm. These are all core emotions in this story. Does any of that sound familiar to where you are right now? In the midst of all of these very current-sounding feelings, I also see just a tiny bit of weary trust. Did anyone catch it? You see, Peter has already experienced a little bit of the power of Jesus. Just earlier in Luke's gospel, Jesus went to Peter's house and healed his mother. 
Before that moment, Peter had probably vaguely heard of this Jesus guy preaching in the synagogue. Maybe he even heard him preach there. Maybe he had just heard the rumors of him floating around town. He has not been walking with Jesus for years yet at this point. This is early in their relationship. But I believe he had just enough curiosity. I'm not even going to say faith. I'm just going to say curiosity for him to say he'd try. I mean, if you say so. I read this section of Luke's gospel over and over this week, and I kept coming back to the question, what might it take for me to get from, come on, Jesus, I'm just so tired. Don't ask me to do something. To, okay, if you say so. I'm not sure I have an answer. I wish I did, truly. But what I do know is that this is a call story Peter leaves his boat and all those fish and follows Jesus. Now, maybe you haven't had a story like this with abundance and a miracle in front of you for a call. At least that's probably what you think. I wonder if you're expecting a fish tail, and it's just not that. Call stories, even this one, they're so ordinary. This is so ordinary. This is a story of Jesus meeting Peter exactly where he was in his daily, regular, exhausted mess of life. And he showed those fishermen exactly how everything changes when God shows up. See, the same is true for you and for me. God meets you right where you are. You don't have to be doing anything special or magic. Your response doesn't even need to be that enthusiastic. I mean, okay. Right? In fact, even after this miraculous catch of fish where everyone is in awe of what just happened, Peter's response is not joy or enthusiasm, but a deep, deep feeling of unworthiness. This isn't my interpretation. This is what Peter says. He experiences this great abundance when God shows up and his response is, go away, I'm not worthy. I am sinful, get out of here, Jesus. This is also very relatable. This feeling like good things are not for me. Good things are not for us. That we aren't deserving of it. That abundance and grace are for those people over there, but probably not for me. God shows up and says, I am here and abundance is a part of who I am. Come with me and I'll show you how it works. So yes, this gospel's about fish, but also it's never about fish. It's about love. And honestly, it is as hard to love in this world as it is to fish sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes we feel like we are just just casting the net of love out into the world and we're coming back empty. This story today reminds us that Jesus is calling us to keep doing it, even when we're exhausted and tired and just don't have it in us 
to keep casting nets into the world that doesn't always give us what we want or need when we feel exhausted or unprepared or unworthy, God steps in and says, I'll show you how it works. I'm here, and I'm going to show you how my kingdom is different. And in that moment, I think what this story teaches us is that we just can turn to Peter's example. We don't have to have energy or enthusiasm or joy, even though we don't get it or believe it or fully understand what's happening we can simply respond with that flicker of weary trust, if you say so. Amen. So we've been fed and now we are sent. We are sent into a world that is weary, that may only have that tiny glimmer of hope, but we are sent with abundance because God has shown up. And when God shows up, everything changes. So do we take that with us into the world as we go in peace to love and serve the Lord.